is it safe to say that you should try to avoid anyone who is diagnosed with BPD? Why do borderline people destroy other people's lives? What can you do to avoid that? How do we avoid becoming involved with people with BPD and other destructive people? Does being in a relationship with a borderline mean that I am insane too? What are five reasons you don't want to date a girl with BPD? Number one, they manipulate. Number two, they're unpredictable. Number three, they won't change. Number four, they ruin you from within slowly. And number five, they have ways of pulling you back in. If anyone reading this is in a relationship with someone who has BPD or showing signs of it, get out. I am not kidding. A relationship with someone who has BPD is seriously harmful to your very human core. BPD is destructive and manipulative, and your partner will not change until they learn that you will not tolerate the abuse they're inflicting upon you. Get out. Someone else commented and said they're five. And this is all that it says for five lines. She has a cluster B personality disorder. Get out of your comfort zone, it's a blessing in disguise. Get out of what you call home, your name is written in the sky. It might feel just like you're on your own. But baby, it's another lie. Remember you were me. I try to work, work, work. But it doesn't work. I try to say something. creating a podcast episode from my car why yes yes i am and is it probably going to be chaotic why yes yes it probably will be what's up you guys welcome to hustle honey or welcome back if you're one of the og listeners from the spotify or the apple podcast platforms i love you all each and every single one of you you have made the last five months totally worth it and i could not be more proud of our tiny community that we have created and i say we because season one was me and one of my best friends amanda running the show together and season two has since changed a lot of things and she started her own podcast which I'm so excited about it's called smell the rose I love it please go check it out and I decided that it would be cool to bring on a male perspective onto the podcast because it was very heavily skewed towards the female view so in later episodes you will see my fiance my personal honey bunny come on the scene and make a splash i love him and i hope that you love him too for those of you who are brand new from youtube hey my name is portia thank you so much for joining me today's topic is going to be about the amber heard and johnny depp case but it's not going to be what you think it is because so many people have already created the content about oh i'm pro johnny depp or i'm anti amber heard and this is why and we should expose amber's lies i'm not here to do any of that i'm actually not really here to exploit the case any more than it's already been exploited but i do see a potential here for a learning opportunity a teaching opportunity regarding mental health everyone knows by now that amber heard was given two diagnoses from Shannon Curry, a forensic psychologist, and she provided the two diagnoses of borderline personality disorder and histrionic personality disorder. I don't know a whole lot about histrionic personality disorder, therefore I don't feel comfortable personally having this conversation about that side of things. I will save that for that particular community because this is their time to shine, their time to get information out that they would like to be out on 
on this subject, but I will be talking about the borderline personality disorder side of things because your girl has BPD. I was diagnosed with BPD in 2020, and it may be shocking because I feel like when society thinks of borderlines, they think of these dark, sinister people um, who are violent and chaotic and who are a danger to society. And literally, I'm none of those things. I'm a female who's never hurt anyone in her life, at least not intentionally. Maybe in past relationships, there were dynamics where I hurt people's feelings. That is definitely a possibility. And I apologize for the things that I said or did when I was toxic and didn't realize it because, listen, we're all about accountability here on this podcast. I didn't know what I didn't know. And back then, I didn't know that I was a borderline and I don't even know half of the things I may have done or said back in the day. So I do apologize to any of my exes that will be like, oh, but you really broke my heart. I'm very sorry. Truly. Like, on God, I'm very sorry and I'm not at all the same person that I once was, okay? I feel like it is my responsibility to educate people about this disorder. I feel like I was given it and I have triumphed over it for the past two years. And when I say triumphed, I don't mean that I'm healed. I have done a lot of healing work on myself emotionally by addressing my traumas and I've gone through extensive therapy. In fact, there was 10 weeks um, in 2020, I believe. Yeah. The end of 2020, beginning of 2021, where I was in an intensive outpatient program for BPD and learning coping skills, and I was doing 10 hours of therapy per week. A lot of work is what I have done on myself, and when you live with something like BPD, you don't have a choice but to work on yourself if you're going to have successful relationships, if you are going to grow as a person, if you're going to be a functioning member of society. It starts with taking accountability. It starts with addressing your issues and constantly chipping away at them so that you can heal and become better. When I was diagnosed in 2020, I was on the high end of the spectrum. So something that you guys need to understand with BPD is that it runs on a spectrum. You can be really high on it or really low on it. And every time I say spectrum, it makes me think of this scene uh, in Cobra Kai. Are you one of those challenge kids? The doctor said I could be on the spectrum. I don't know what that is, but get off of pronto, all right? And it cracks me up and I'm like, dude, if only it were that simple. But I started off very high on the spectrum. And throughout working on myself for the past two years, I have now been on the low end of the spectrum to where my therapist and I talk about how give another year or so, I may not be you know, full-blown disordered with BPD. Instead, I may just be someone who shows and displays traits. That is the power of therapy. This diagnosis is not a death sentence. It is not something that has to be lifelong. Of course, there are different severities of BPD, so it could take people a lifetime to accomplish and to get to that point where they're on the lower end of the spectrum, but it's not impossible. So if you yourself have been recently diagnosed, do not think that it's impossible for you either. That was the game changer for me, was my therapist told me, Portia, you have BPD, but it is not a death sentence and we can change this. And I didn't fully believe her at first. I was like, everything I read on the internet <laughs> says otherwise. But she knew better than I did. And I'm living proof that you can be a borderline and not be a threat to other people, have healthy relationships, and to be a 
normal <laughs> member of society. Like I'm still working on the normal part, okay? I don't know if I'm ever going to get there, but back to this Amber Heard situation. Shannon Curry stepped on the scene. She gave her super powerful testimony about how these are what disorders I classify Amber Heard having. And when I was watching that, I was clutching my hand to my chest going, oh my God, please do not stigmatize this disorder more than it already is. And you may be thinking to yourself, Portia, why would this be stigmatized by a mental health professional? Because honey, fun fact, BPD is actually the most stigmatized mental health disorder of our time, even amongst mental health professionals. There are a lot of mental health professionals who will flat out refuse refuse to work with borderlines because of stigma, because they think that we are all manipulative, that we are all dangerous, or that we're impossible to treat, and that is so freaking damaging and outdated, I can't even begin to describe to you, because, I mean, okay, first of all, how would you feel if you went to the doctor and you were given a diagnosis and they were like, you have cancer. We're just going to throw that out there. I can't think of anything else. You have cancer and it's serious. This is a pretty serious disease. Good luck on that though. I'm not going to help you. And you're like, oh, uh, why aren't you going to help me? Oh, because it's hard. And I just don't, I, just, I don't want to deal with it. How would you feel if that was a doctor's response to you having a totally treatable, possibly even curable cancer? And you're like, okay, but the only way I'm going to survive this is through your help and you're not going to help me, right? And this is exactly what it's like for borderlines. We get diagnosed, we get dropped the truth bomb of our diagnosis, and then we have to go through all these hoops to find a practitioner that will work with us, that will see us for what we are and not what society paints us to be. I'm going to read some comments from the internet that I found in 30 minutes didn't even take that long of what people genuinely think of borderlines or what how they feel they should be around us and I don't blame these people for thinking the way that they do or saying the things that they do because at the end of the day there's a lack of education out there there's a lack of resources for people to totally understand this disorder and on top of that Hollywood is largely to blame for the mental health community, regardless of your diagnosis, being stigmatized. There are several psychological thrillers, scary movies out there, very dramatic movies that showcase mental health disorders in the worst possible, most dramatic, uh, dramatized, dramatized, is that a word? I don't know, way imaginable, where it's not even realistic and it paints an even more painful picture of what it's like for people who live with these disorders. It's already hell living with it, but imagine society villainizing you for it and Hollywood turning it into some money-making gimmick for attention value, for um, a shock value. It's damaging. So if anything, I blame lack of education and I blame Hollywood for why people feel the way they do about borderlines and other mental health disorders like schizophrenia or dissociative identity disorder. So I don't blame normal everyday people for feeling this way, but I do absolutely blame psychologists and therapists and people in the mental health field for taking what they've learned 
and not helping those with this disorder. Why are you in this field if you're not going to help people? If you're just going to further the stigma and be more damaging, you're not helping, you're harming, and therefore should not be a practice or should not have your practice be live and in action and taking patients. So the whole time Miss Curry's giving her testimony, I'm like, here we go again. Here's another misconception about BPD. Here's more people who are going to talk trash. And it's on even a more grand scale than ever because all eyes are peeled on this case. But I was really delightfully surprised to find that she gave a very fair assessment of this disorder. And I don't want to go into explaining everything about this disorder because that would take far too long. But what I will tell you is that there are nine criteria that you have to meet. I'm sorry, there's nine criteria in BPD and you have to meet five out of nine to be formally diagnosed. The first one is severe mood swings. (laughs) Well, we'll see about that. (laughs) We'll see about that profound fear of abandonment. Josh! Hey, no, Josh! Instability in relationships. It's like you think I'm your daughter or something, but I'm not. Unstable sense of identity. I don't know who I am if you're not in my life anymore. Paranoia or dissociative episodes. What? Robert, no! Excessive frequent anger. Stop running, you coward! Feelings of emptiness. My womb is empty, like my life. Impulsive behavior. (laughs) And finally, recurring suicide threats or attempts. Oh my god. And those criteria are again on a sliding scale. And when I was diagnosed, I met nine out of the nine. And one of those criteria is explosive anger. Would I describe myself as an angry person? No. Would my fiance tell you that I'm slow to anger? He would say, yeah, you're not a very angry person at all. But the reason why I met that criteria is because at some point in my life, I displayed that. And honestly, it was more displayed in my home environment where a lot of my abuse took place because that was the only way that I could express myself to my mom. There was no rationalizing, one-on-one conversating about life. It was yelling, screaming, physical, physically battling each other, tackling each other, drawing blood on each other. That was my upbringing. So my explosive anger was a result of my environment and sort of a self-protection mechanism, not something that I displayed throughout my life a ton elsewhere. I have that on my record because back then that was how I expressed myself. But that doesn't mean that it's current. And that's what you have to keep in mind too for people with BPD. There's five minimum that they have to meet, right? So even if explosive anger is on the criteria list, they may they may not have that. That might that truly might not be anything that they experience and therefore makes them not a threat to society <laughs> at all. Speaking of the threat to society thing, this is where I get pretty upset because we are no more of a threat to society than you watching this podcast or listening to this podcast is. 
We are sentient beings. We feel a lot of feelings, yes, but we can also make decisions of whether to help, harm, or be neutral towards others. Right now, I'm in a weapon, technically. A car can be used as a weapon. I can use this car to go to Chick-fil-A and get some chicky nuggies, which I probably will when I'm done with this, or I can use it to bulldoze through a crowd of people. You also have the same decision that you could make when you get in your own car. I don't have that decision because I'm a borderline. I have that because I'm human and I have free will and that's life. Now, I know that Amber Heard is kind of becoming this new poster child on the scene for BPD, but she shouldn't be. One person does not define an entire population of individuals who fit under the umbrella term of borderline personality disorder. Amber Heard is Amber Heard. We are our own individuals. We have our own names. We have our own backstories. We are also often victims of abuse. There are genetic factors to BPD, environmental factors, and abuse factors that can create this cluster B personality disorder. Mine is mainly trauma. I think there's a little bit of genetic component to it, but the majority of mine is absolutely trauma. I was sexually abused when I was seven by two of my next door neighbors. And I also uh, went through being brought up in a cult that was very damaging to my self-esteem, that was very controlling, and I wasn't allowed to express myself as an individual. That just wasn't something I was allowed to do or be. Um, I grew up in a physically and emotionally and verbally violent home. I went through a lot of shit that created what you see before you today. Behind my smiling face and my bright green eyes is someone who's experienced a shit ton of pain. So my disorder is kind of more like a version of post-traumatic stress disorder, which a lot of people think BPD could be. It could be considered another version of PTSD or CPTSD more accurately, which is complex post-traumatic stress disorder, where it's a lot of traumatic events over a series of time instead of just like one big burst of an event. Or it could also be a different type of an anxiety disorder because so many of the ways that we act as borderlines come from an anxious place. We don't feel safe. We don't feel supported. And therefore, shit happens in our interpersonal relationships. And also, we can start to take it out on ourselves through self-harm. And speaking of being a danger to society and self-harm, there's something that you should know about people like me. We have a disorder that has the highest suicide rate of any other mental health disorder. One out of 10 people with BPD will die by their own hand. And over 70% will attempt suicide in their life. If we were truly a danger to society, if we are more of a danger to society than we are to ourselves, then what you would see is a, is a statistic that says one in 10 borderlines will murder another human that is not themselves. And 70% will attempt to kill someone else in their lifetime. But that's not the statistic. The statistic is the harm on ourselves, not on other people. So now that I've kind of gone through that, I want to talk about these comments that I'm seeing on the internet because they're out there 
They're fierce, and they are only perpetuating more stigma, which we don't need in the world. Newsflash. Okay. Comment number one. Don't ever get involved with someone with borderline personality disorder. A lot of people feel this way, and it's a shame. Because just as much as you could think that there's negative qualities of us, there's a lot of positive too. We're extremely selfless, extremely loving, extremely devoted. We make some of the best gift givers that you could possibly imagine because we observe your likes and your dislikes and we genuinely take an interest in your life. We also are always listening to what you have to say. We're fairly non-judgmental too because we've gone through shit. So you can come to us for just about anything. We give great advice. And really, our happiness is super contagious. Because we experience things on such a large magnitude with emotions, that also includes happiness, joy, and excitement. If you've ever been around a borderline who's super happy, super just jovial, that shit rubs off on you. And you're missing out on that. You really are. Okay, next comment. Currently dealing with someone with BPD. I realize this is a psychological disorder, but honestly, a lot of what these people do feels like it should be illegal. Biggest problem is that I've noticed these people typically see therapists to manipulate the people around them somehow. It's almost like the therapy makes it worse sometimes. Really is a tough thing to deal with. I'm just going to run away at this point. Why are we considered these people? We are just people. We're not a different subspecies. We are just human. And when you categorize us as being separate from society, it only furthers our insecurity that we are not normal, that we are not liked, and we are not wanted. So if you could please do a favor and knock off the these people attitude, that would be great. If you would like to address us, you can say those with borderline personality disorder fine. That is a fact. We have that. But when you say these people, it feels really divisive and hurtful. The other thing that I want to mention is what are we doing that is illegal? Collectively as a whole, as borderlines, what are we doing that is illegal? I'm sitting in my car making a podcast. I've never had any sort of crime at all, ever. I've think I've had three speeding tickets my entire life and I'm pretty conservative in my actions because I never want to wrong another person or do anything that would be harmful in society and a lot of times what I'll do and I'm not like trying to toot my own horn but I try to make someone else's day positive when I'm out in society. I'll buy a random stranger their meal when I'm at Chipotle or tell the person at the drive through window, hey, at Starbucks, I got the person behind me. Let them know that they can have a beautiful day. That's what I do. So I don't know how that's illegal or should be illegal. I also love to dance. Dancing is one of my favorite forms of self-expression and I go all the time and I love it. And I compliment random strangers and tell them that they're pretty. And I spend a lot of time listening to music and playing with my dog and storm chasing. Oh my God, I love storm chasing. I may make vlogs on here doing that this year because it's about to get hype. But nothing that I do should be illegal in my opinion. And if I'm like that as a borderline A lot of other borderlines are probably the same way, living very unassuming lives. And the whole comment about using therapy to manipulate. You're insinuating that mental health specialists are 
are helping us to do this. They're enabling this in somehow in, in some way. And that's not how therapy works. If you've ever been, you know that when you're in therapy, you get called out on your shit. No one helps to continue on your shit, so to speak. That's just not the reality of therapy. You'll get called out so fast that your head will spin. It won't happen. And on top of that, we go to therapy for the same reason that anyone goes to therapy. So we can hijack our own brain, not someone else's, but our own, because we want to sit here and find out how can we just get through our bullshit and our trauma? How can we stabilize our emotions? How can I have positive coping skills so that I don't take it out on myself or act in a reckless way? And, you know, how can I just be a normal functioning member of society and have healthy relationships? We go through wanting to better ourselves, not to make ourselves worse and not to enable any of our behaviors. We want to stop it. We want to fix it. We want to educate ourselves. That is why we go to therapy. That's why anyone goes to therapy. We've got shit to work through, no doubt, but we go to a professional for that. That's why. (laughs) So no, your idea of what happens in therapy is completely and utterly false. Thank you. God bless. Next comment. I'm using this one as an example of what we can learn from. Anyone who has fallen victim to or witnessed someone falling victim to a sociopath knows and can empathize with what Johnny Depp endured being victimized by this woman. So it's interesting because this comment is on a video that explicitly states that she has borderline personality disorder. So they're writing here that she's a sociopath, thinking that sociopathy and BPD are one and the same when in fact they are vastly different and are polar antonyms of one another. When you're dealing with sociopathy, it is a subtype of having antisocial personality disorder. You have a hindered sense of empathy and compassion, and it's really hard for you to relate to the human emotions. Whereas a borderline is feeling all the feelings all the time, including love, including empathy, and including compassion. Very different things. One doesn't feel a lot of that, and the other feels way too much of that. So um, no, borderlines are not sociopaths. BPD is something serious. Run for your life. Okay, listen, cardio is really good for the heart. And you should run for your life. You should run to help your cardiovascular health and have a lot more vitality. Go for it. I encourage that. But running for your life from a borderline is really quite not rational. It's not rational because no one is after you. Borderlines are not all joining together in clown costumes, walking down the street in the middle of the night ready to just like murder you. And we're not here to ruin your lives. Yes, we have a personality disorder. Yes, we do. No, we're not going to ruin your life just because we have it. And the final comment that I would like to bring up here from this video is um, a different perspective that I do think is important to acknowledge. I grew up with an abusive mother that has borderline personality disorder. We, the victims of BPD, need a voice too. There's many Amber Herds out there that put on a facade and no one even remotely suspects the monsters they are behind closed doors or the perverse kind of abuse they inflict. 
that might not be apparent to someone unless they grew up or had a close relationship with a narcissist or borderline person. So before I jump into my analysis of this comment, what I would like to say is that I'm very, very sorry that that was your experience. I'm a victim of a narcissist parent. I understand the pain. I understand the frustration. I understand the damage. And I also understand feeling quite bitter about anyone who falls into the category of a specific group like BPD or NPD. Our brains are wired to pick up patterns and to say, ooh, that hurts, let's avoid this. And when your constant pattern growing up was that someone with BPD inflicted a lot of pain, it's only natural for you to want to avoid that. And how do you avoid that? By avoiding people who have BPD. Just like I could say that my mom's a narcissist, she did a lot of damage to me, so therefore I'm going to avoid anyone with NPD. But when you really stop to reflect on what you're saying, you're saying that everyone is just like her. Just like all borderlines are like Amber Heard. Or all guys named Jack who cheated on me are all going to be Jack shit moving forward because they're all cheaters, liars, etc. It's not fair. It's not fair to think that we're all like that. I get why you feel that way, and I'm not diminishing your experience. I genuinely am sorry for what you've gone through, and I hope that you heal, and I hope that you get therapy, and I hope to God that one day you can forgive, not for their benefit, but for yours. But this is the danger of categorizing everyone as such because of one experience or one person. It discredits the rest of us who do a shit ton of work on ourselves every single day and who strive to make the world a better place and who strive to make our inner world a better place because it's really chaotic up there a lot of the time and it's exhausting. Be kind to those with mental health disorders, guys. We didn't ask for this. We didn't sit there as kids and when someone said, what do you want to be when you grow up? We're like, I want to be a borderline. <laughs> That's not, that never was a topic of discussion for me. I personally wanted to be a whale trainer, okay? I wanted to be friends with Free Willy, send him back into the ocean after doing a few tricks with them. Like, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to save the animals. I wanted to play with the animals. That was my goal in life. Being a borderline was not one of them was not a dream I had, and it's not anyone's dream who has this disorder. Like I said, we are also victims often of abuse, and we're doing our best. And yeah, there are rotten apples amongst the good ones. There will always be that. I do not condone or defend the borderlines who have done really heinous things, but I also don't think that they did it just because they're borderline. That's an excuse. I've been in a relationship with my partner for going on seven years. I've never been abusive towards him. Not once. Not once. We have a beautiful relationship. And if he had the mindset of all of these other people about not giving people with BPD the time of day, running in the opposite direction, and classifying us all as manipulative and dangerous, he wouldn't have found the love of his life just like I would have missed out on finding mine. I don't think it was his idea that he would end up with someone with BPD, just as it wasn't my idea that I would ever have BPD. But that's the way that it worked, and we balance each other out really beautifully. Do I think that anyone and everyone could be with a borderline? No. I think that there are cases where toxicity can bring out toxicity in both people. 
where narcissists and borderlines can get together and create a shitstorm for each other or you know people who also have their own inner demons may reflect back the inner demons of the borderline and it becomes chaotic to say the least but you could say that about just about anybody however that not everyone is compatible with me not everyone is compatible with you if you've ever had a failed relationship you know that if you've ever fought with a partner, had a relationship where you fought like cats and dogs and couldn't see eye to eye, it's not because you're a borderline, it's because you're human and you're trying to melt two different people together to be compatible. But you shouldn't discount people who have mental health disorders. They could be some of the best loves of your life and you're missing out. Yes, we have demons. Yes, we have trauma. Yes, we are tormented by our own minds. But that does not make us unworthy. So if I could say anything to society right now who's comparing Amber Heard to the rest of us, stop. So many of us have come too far and have done way too much work to be considered an Amber Heard. She hasn't done the work yet. And who knows, if she does do the work, which I hope she does, she could become a beautiful person both outside and inside. People have the ability to change. Borderlines have the ability to change. Don't let stigma tell you otherwise. It's bullshit. And don't let a mental health professional tell you that. They're not good for you. They're hindering your growth. Mine never said that. And I have grown so much. And if she will ever be a guest on this podcast, I would be honored because I love her. Shout out, Isabella. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast episode. I didn't go too deep into having BPD and everything that it's like and how I got diagnosed. If you want a follow-up video on my story, I'll tell you everything you want to know. I'm an open book. I don't care. I've lived, I've loved, I've lost, and I've learned. I'm not ashamed of my past, and I'm not ashamed of my present, and I sure as hell won't be ashamed of my future because all I can do is learn along the way and do my very best. If you suspect that you have BPD, please do not self-diagnose. Go to a mental health professional. Go through the process of getting diagnosed because so many of the symptoms overlap other disorders and issues. And also, you can't do this alone. You need mental health support. Self-medicating, not healthy. Self-treating in any way, not healthy. You need someone who can guide you through this. All right, I love you guys. I'll see you next time on Hustle Honey. Peace. <laughs>